Thank you for joining me and welcome to It's That Deep Podcast with Dr. Aaron Moore Stovall, where we discuss mental health awareness in underserved communities and work to foster love and unity for all people. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to It's That Deep Podcast with Dr. Aaron Moore Stovall. And we are continuing in our discussion. This is part four of developing emotional intelligence. So today we will discuss, uh, or I should say the first thing I want to discuss is acknowledging your emotional triggers when developing and or improving emotional intelligence. Emotional triggers are definitely something that takes time to develop or acknowledge or uh, recognize in ourselves. And these triggers clearly will change over time as well. Being self-aware and understanding what triggers us improves our relationships tenfold. When we know what buttons, what buttons someone can push that can move us in a direction that isn't uh, going to be beneficial, we can also look to set boundaries, which are important and something that we will discuss later. But when we do not know or we are not self-aware of those things that kind of tick us off or set us off, it can be challenging to set boundaries with those around us um, that love us. And we know those boundaries protect them as well as ourselves. It's important not to deny any of our emotions um, at any stage of our life and of new uh, experiences that we might be encountering. Because when we grow, we can notice or we can observe that Uh, Certain things do not bother us the same way as they did before. I remember growing up, one of my primary triggers was being told that I was not right about something or someone having an opposing opinion. Now that I'm much older, you know, looking back at myself as a teenager, you realize there are several things that just are clearly absurd. And then it also makes you realize, number one, you don't know what you don't know. Number two, I can only imagine what will be absurd another 10 or 20 years from where I'm at now when I look back and I say, why was I mad at that? Or why did I have so much concern about that situation or that um, aspect of my life? 
And so that was a sidebar. So back on topic, um, one thing that used to trigger me along with that <clears throat> was, or I should say, when I was triggered by someone opposing an opinion, opposing my opinion or having a different perspective from my own, um, it would push me to the point where I did not want to be around that person. And that was absurd. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Um, and another aspect of that is I would have challenges with forgiveness or moving forward. And I tell this story a lot, um, but I went to live with a family. Uh, my roommate was from Thailand. And and the reason I tell the story because it had a major impact on me. So when I was living with my roommate, um, within about maybe six to eight months of living with them or with her, um, her, her children came and lived with us. <clears throat> and one thing that I observed that I had never observed before was that number one, just the culture was different from what I was used to um, in African-American culture. Whereas when people argued in from my, in my, from my experience and in my household and not necessarily in my household, but an extended family. So yeah, I'll say my household. Um, if there was an argument uh, and it was bad enough, people wouldn't talk for weeks, months, sometimes indefinitely. If it was like an extended family member and it was a, a bad enough argument, the, the common statement is we had a fallout and I still haven't talked to cousin so-and-so still. And the first thing I re recognized or I observed living in this home with uh, my roommate from Thailand, and I call her my aunt to this day, was that her daughter and her would get into a nice little argument screaming and I'd be thinking to myself oh man this is it like they're probably not gonna talk for at least at least a minimum a week three four five days minimum now in my side I know that could be like somebody could get threatened to get kicked out at the at the, at the voice tone that they were yelling at um so sure enough they'd argue and then the daughter would go to her room, close the door, sometimes slam the door. And then the mom would just be cooking and kind of still talking about the discussion or the argument they had. And da 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 da. Nah. Within, I, this is no exaggeration, within 20 minutes, if it was real bad, it'd be about 45 minutes. But within 20 minutes, the daughter came out the room Hey, mom, what's for dinner? I couldn't believe it. I said, what is going on? They, did, did they just know that they had an argument? See, that was my way of thinking. My ill way of thinking was, oh, no, they got it. They should be mad at each other now. That's, they should be mad longer than this. Why are they talking again? See, that was, that was illness. That was bad training. So 
that and at first I said to myself when that first happened, I said, Oh, that's a one off. That no, that's that's probably just because, you know, they haven't seen each other in a while. They're back living together and you know, they're just trying to be nice to each other. It happened again. Yell, argument. Go to the room, ten minutes. Hey mom, what's for dinner? Hugging, talking, laughing. Get your stuff. Get your stuff, young lady. I was I mean, I was shocked. But it was the greatest learning lesson in my life, which was a lot of things that I might have been taught and I truly believed were pure foolishness to think, oh yeah, you get in an argument with somebody and you go hard on it and you yelling and screaming and y'all about to fight and I, I'm done. I'm not talking to you no more. I'm done talking to you. I'm, don't even talk to me. I'm out. I'm not talking to you. You didn't upset me, and then I don't talk to you for months. Sometimes years, sometimes never again. That was the biggest foolishness that I had believed in. So from that day, the biggest, the the, the take home I, I received was let stuff go within minutes and it took me to see her a young lady the daughter to to learn change my life and I had to be in my 20s at that time so I it changed my life and I thank her to this day I'm like thank you for that because you changed my life I mean really changed my life and so a few things I got out of that was uh knowing that you will grow and when you grow um your triggers and things that bother you will change. And number two, the other part I got out of that was forgiveness, letting go of things quickly. So the next thing is trusting your intuition. Um, this is something I feel most adults after enough life experience, it, it comes natural because uh, I think it's safe to say that when you're navigating the the path of life, there are several situations when you are forced to make decisions 100% on your own. And an important decision with that is, or an important skill you have to have is trusting your intuition, trusting your gut, trusting uh, that a decision you are making will benefit you and just making that decision. And even if it doesn't, at least learning how to adjust that that little Geiger counter in your stomach or that monitor that's telling you, okay, yes, do this or no, don't do that again. So um, trusting your intuition, listening to yourself, talking to God, talking to whoever you have belief in and your faith is in, talking to that um, spirit man or that spirit person or that spirit entity and getting that guidance and then making that decision and going with your gut. Um, This is a powerful tool and I think uh, should be I guess, how do you say, um, um, you know what I mean? It, it should be noted as important in developing emotional intelligence. <clears throat> Today, my brain is like, mm-mm, mm-mm. 
hardwired hardwire malfunction. So forgive me. Thank you for working with me. Um, and then the last thing we'll talk about today is, and I think it goes into um, a little bit of what I discussed earlier, what we discussed earlier, which was the ability to let go of things that might trigger you or that might upset you and understanding or developing skills to help you um, snap out of moments when you might feel stuck or upset or angry. Um, One skill that I did learn and, and I still believe is one of the most powerful tools that a lot of people don't talk about anymore, but um, when I learned it, it was, it was something I had not heard of. Uh, and it's tapping <clears throat> or emotional freedom technique. And I think there's another name for it by, um, Dr. Roger Callahan. And I forget the other name of it, but I know emotional freedom technique was like the remix version of this. And it's a form of tapping different meridians on your body, um, to with your hand, lightly tapping different meridians when you are escalated emotionally and it can quickly de-escalate you. Um, I mean quickly within, if you do the series, the little tapping series, it only takes maybe a minute, if that, maybe two minutes, like literally two minutes. And you will go, if you're at a 10 of anger and like can't get out of it, you're stuck in it, you can't lay down, you couldn't relax. You're just like, oh man, when I see this person or oh man, I'm just, it will bring you to at least an eight. And then you keep going down. You can keep doing the little series and it'll it'll bring you all the way back down. There's one. I've done it where I went from at least a nine all the way back down to like a three. Like it was, it was, you know, to this day, I still use it to this day and to this day, to this day. So that's one skill. One tool, another tool is definitely taking long walks outside or going outside into fresh air. Obviously, exercising is another one. Um, Watching a video that is funny or makes you laugh, listening to upbeat music, instrumentals is what I choose. I try not to listen to any music that matches what I'm feeling, even though sometimes it feels like, oh, that would help. Let me listen to something that's rowdy and matches the energy that I'm feeling. But for me, And what I've seen for other young people that I work with, other clients, I've noticed that it does the opposite. They will stay in that space. Um, Like really quickly, it it makes them feel like, oh, yeah, I feel better. I feel, uh, you know, like ramped up more. And I'm not as angry as what they think. But then after they're done listening to the music, they want to continue in that energy. Um, So finding ways to quickly snap out of those feelings and those emotions. And the last thing I will say on that as well is one thing I've noticed personally is when I am upset and I am stuck in an emotion, it seems to start snowballing into similar feelings and thoughts. Like it continues to find other thoughts and feelings, or it will typically as thoughts that lead to different feelings and they start circling in my brain. So if I'm if I'm angry, all of a sudden all of a sudden I'll start thinking of situations that will continue to make me angry. Like yeah, when I see him, I'm going to do this. I'm just fantasizing of these other situations that will lead to me doing something that I'm I know I will regret. 
So <clears throat> the quicker you can snap out of those emotions and the quicker we can kind of start focusing on what we do want, it is a powerful tool and it, it can help save time on those days when, uh, especially at work or in a situation where you have to focus and help someone. And I'm in a, I'm in a profession where helping people is all, you know, is what I'm doing. Or, and when I say helping people, I'm, what I mean by that is I have to be present. So if I have a moment, I look at my phone and I see something that bothers me and sends me into a different little area and kind of start to spiral. I have to find a way quickly to snap back and be present. And I've had moments where I, it was dang near and I couldn't. And I was like thinking about something, trying to smile for the client I was working with and in front of them. And, but I'm thinking about this thing I just saw on my phone and it had me a little bothered. And I was doing my best to compartmentalize and just get present again. And it was challenging and then initially, but uh, you know, if you after you've done these things long enough, you learn how to just completely zone out of the other thing, compartmentalize it, and focus strictly on the client, almost like uh, playing a sport. Whereas you can dial in completely all of your your thoughts into that and just focus. So that's it for today. Uh, thank you for listening to It's That Deep Podcast. Until next time, one love. Thank you for listening to It's That Deep Podcast with Dr. Aaron Moore Stovall. Follow me on Instagram at Aaron.Moore. Stovall. Until next time, peace and love.